0: Bum, 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 bum. Mr. Gold Sky, please tell us why you had to save the day for so long. So long. Why not do some wrong? Hey, you with the pretty face. Say goodbye to the human race. Right. There we go. Nora, you, you ready? Alright. A three, and a two, and one. Welcome, dear listeners, to Vermont Stretch Radio, the only show that was broadcasting the truth the heroes were keeping from you before it was cool, and the only show broadcast to you, of course, live from the Killington of Earth Gimmel, a town of people that were either lucky enough not to have been in Killington Bait, or in my case, perfectly happy to have been in Killington Bait. We bring you the news you need to stay in touch with the madness that is living on Earth Gimmel and its associated parallels in a time of trials, tribulations, and mayoral candidates whose names will have you swear they made a typo somewhere. I am your host, Theodore Guy, and outside the booth we have the lovely Nora James, alias the Norfair Disaster, not to be confused with the attack on the Norfair Span that goes by the same name. Every day, the two of us risk our lives to- (laughs) Okay, okay. I can't say that one with a straight face, dear listeners. Not that I say anything with a straight face of course, but we are so very very far away from the city. The first thing I knew about the whole portals being stretched open to the entire length of the sky thing was when I poked out my head from the front door to watch the sunrise and saw that it was already noon somewhere else. And the most I ever risk my life these days is when I make a joke about the Marquis de Brocton's name pronunciation. And he's a darned good sport about that sort of thing marquis is so we have received a few letters more in the post and we were hoping to start today's broadcast by reading out one of those from our fans we do enjoy letters so today's letter comes from well i'm not going to say his name straight away because he says it later on and it is wonderful what he's chosen to identify as in this letter Dear Mr. Guy, I think it's a bloody disgrace the amount of fake new being spread about our beloved goddess. I say if we're gonna be ruled by people with powers, let it at least be someone who's open about it, or who's at least as easy on the eyes while unilaterally deciding who lives and dies. I was downright furious to read the Ms. Militia Still Looking Good article. Where's the goddess more beautiful every day story? And while we're on the subject of Ms. Militia, how is having a gun a power? I bought a gun the other day. Where are all the action figures and news stories about me? If I put a bag over my head and call myself Captain Gunperson, does that make me a cape? Yours disgruntedly, Captain Gunperson. Well, listeners, it seems that Captain Gunperson has recently triggered with the power of the Second Amendment. I support your constitutionally approved power, Captain, although, regrettably, I can't share in your firearm-toting defiance of cape-based dictatorships. I am a bit of a poor shot. Last time I tried out the firing range I ended up shooting myself in the foot. With a rifle. Anyway, firearms are a nice sticking point with capes, most likely because the idea that anyone can kill people from a distance just makes blasters nothing special. Also because so many capes spend so much time hovering about in midair, which makes them the perfect target for any enterprising shotgun-toting individual. With regards to Goddess, though, she is so very terribly pretty. Here was me thinking I'd never love again, and there she is. Unattainable, perfect, something so large and ambitious and bigger than all of us. And while I don't recommend building a shrine to her, Flying a simple blue flag outside of one's window might just be enough to show your support for her. As for Ms. Militia, she is an immigrant without a cultural identity of her own. A cape that flaunts the very rules against firearms that the Protectorate was so happy to let play out. A mass murderer who signed the death warrant of hundreds of cloned Americans as if their lives meant nothing. I will Give her props for leading the Protectorate team of Brockton Bay through some hard times, but honestly, that's like saying you respected Rocky for having the shit beaten out of him. I'd say to give her props for leading the Protectorate of Brockton Bay after that, but let's be real, she did nothing of her own accord. She sat back and let a team of teen supervillains take over a US city, And she sat back when a mass murderer was pardoned and offered a role as the face of the new Protectorate. We here at the new New Protectorate have made it a promise. We have made a promise to the public to never allow that sort of thing to happen. The idea of a villain being allowed to lie about their past and to take control of an entire settlement appalls me, listeners. It appalls me. And the idea of them just lying through their teeth to the public about how their actions were justifiable and about how they always wanted to be hero all along, that just disgusts me. It makes me sick, dear listeners, to think that just because the heroes say it, they can excuse all manner of evils. And that starts with Miss Militia and her silly little militaristic uniform. Um, do note, though, listeners, uh, do note that I don't actually have a grudge against her. I wasn't even alive for any of the things she did, but I do object to her as a matter of principle. Small evils committed for the greater good and larger evils committed for the sake of following orders are what all add up to that world we live in, and it's the people like her that insist that the world isn't black and white that are the reason that we live in a grey, grey world thanks for writing in captain we hope to hear more from you in the future and to you lot listening in here's a reminder that we read out just about everything that gets sent in it is great to hear from fans and it is what keeps vermont stretch radio going uh moving on to what passes for news these days we have word that former denver colorado ward and later protectorate colorado member Icarus has been spotted in and around the New Horizons settlement on Earth Ien. i in, uh, A-in. Not to complain, listeners, but honestly, the names of some of the worlds these days are getting frankly ridiculous. Anyway, Icarus has been walking about New Horizons. Her real name is known to the public, but honestly, Gervsmurd is a little bit harder to pronounce than Ien, even. That Earth Ien, Eileen? Earth Eileen, we'll go with, listeners. That seems like an easy way to call them. Now, why should this be important, dear listeners? Well, Ms. Icarus is one of those rare few wards to actually reach adulthood. Statistically speaking, most ward teams aren't as bad as, say, Brockton Bay for casualties, what with their one successful ward to, well, (laughs) quite a few Deaths, a few quitters, and one heck of an arrest. By comparison, though, Denver, Colorado's Protectorate team, not to be confused with the Protectorate team of Colorado Springs, actually did manage to see more than just the one of its wards grow up, although Gold Morning might have helped thin the herd on that one. On a slightly tangential note, listeners, is it weird that the Protectorate recruits people as soon as they hit 18? Well, recruited, given they're in the past tense. It's a little weird to me, given the rather separate marks of adulthood in the United States. One drives at 16, smokes at 18, and drinks at 21. Then again, it's a little weird as well that the Protectorate judged the average child soldier, like Icarus, capable of the strength of character to kill another human being, or a bird in her case, but not the strength of character to handle a pint. Well, I say a pint, probably a can of bird or Coors. It's one of those little bizarre things about recruiting children to fight child abductors and murderous trees. Now, Icarus is noted for being an out-and-out cape. Their status as an out-and-out cape is rather notable itself as well, as while relatively few people in these states were willing to have their public identities, private identities public, such as the... Brockton Bay Brigade of Brockton Bay, or was that New Wave, whatever they were calling themselves when they fell apart? But Icarus's public identity is the result of a rather tragic turn of events involving them plucking the wings of Branwen, a change of cape that proved the old adage about shotguns being capable of dealing with most villains of note, tragically, tragically true, only for Branwen's mother not to be altogether pleased with that sort of thing. Now, attacks on the character of a cape that went and broke the unwritten rules were never uncommon, but something like revealing a legal minor's civilian ID was traditionally called no fair, just as unfair, say, as concealing a shotgun inside a Tinkertek arm. More shamefully than that, though, more shamefully than murder or having a private identity made public, Icarus was a cosplayer. A sad, sad and terrible practice in the world of Earthbate that saw people dressing up as their favourite heroes and then acting just like their favourite heroes if their favourite heroes were a little bit more flirty. And as well, this an image of Icarus in cosplay has survived the end of the world, being one of the few actual images of the Denver Wardens to have survived the end of the world. It's a picture of them having swapped costume with their fellow ward and their eventual partner, Flashstep. And it is one of the few pictures of the Denver wards that gives you a sense of a a charming feeling, really. The two of them look like they're having a lot of fun, which goes and makes what happened to all of their teammates, their friends, their family members and whatnot, well, it's a little bit amusing, really. Ah, the perils of being a cape. Ooh, uh, another side note, listeners, I've checked up on the legality of all of it as a point of interest. What with this whole cosplay thing. And since cosplay, or costumed play, is not addressed by the current laws on Earth Gimel, the legal precedent set in Earth Bait still stands. So, what what does that mean? It means that so long as your costume is designed to seem to be a costume, ...of a capes costume, then you are legally allowed to dress up as them with as many additions as you like. This could be something simple, like, say, dressing up as a female version of Legend, which would be a little bit... Weird and sketchy given that he was, well, 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 we all know the thing about legend, but it also means that one can say dress up as sexy idolon, spider filled Alexandria, or headless hero if you want to have a little bit of fun at a party. Ah, uh, do I have anything else to say about Icarus today? Well, my notes in front of me have a few joking comparisons about Armsmaster so- sorry, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said comparisons about defiant. A few joking comparisons about defiant. Mostly centering around Icarus's own gradual loss of her humanity. Grif- grafting, grifting, bleh, sticking bits of metal into her own body to play about with. But uh, looking back on some of the jokes, most of the ones I made were just bad puns about flying too close to the sun and really you can't make jokes about someone who picked that sort of name it, it it's like saying a hero named titanic or pompey or the Norfair disaster is courting fate they know what their name means every cape knows what their name means really i mean and uh, and in icarus's case it's just a tragic case of a perfectly fitting name that the public had given her Someone that people would remember. Someone who had been locked up for long, long years until they finally learned to fly. On that noticeably more grim note, we'll close the page on Icarus. She is on earth iron for any friends, family members, and former enemies that want to track her down. Moving on. Not that things are going to be getting any lighter from the last one, but moving on nonetheless. In the wake of the trial of the fallen members captured at the siege of the Mathers family compound, the truth has finally come out about them, and the lives that they all lived. The reason why so many of the injured capes from the Siege of the Mathers Family Compound have been taken home in straight jackets, or given new homes with padded walls. Do you want to know what it is, listeners? Na-na, na-na-na-na-na-na-na. That little bit of music right there? That song that's gone unnamed and unaddressed. What was that song, and why can't you get it out of your head? That is what the members of the fallen settlement have allegedly been living with. Na-na, na na That little nagging thought at the back of your head. I could tell you the truth, listeners. I could use words like soft compulsion or intrusive thoughts or hallucinations. Or I could show you, welcome back, listeners, to master stranger awareness. A warning to those of you with the faintness of heart or those of you with experiences of a somewhat similar nature that this might not be for you. Just give it a tune-in and maybe call it there for the night. Goodbye to those of you that aren't really comfortable with alien perceptions, altered minds, and unpleasantness. And hello to those of you that have stayed. You wake up, and she is in bed with you, running her hands through your hair. You shower and she watches some days when it gets too bad or you've talked to her the night before she showers with you her breath in your ear as you try to scrub away with cheap soap and congealed animal fats at the little scabs from where you scratched yourself too hard in your sleep you don't want to think about her but you do and some days you can forget she won't be there She won't be with you to keep you company. She won't be there to watch you go about your day. She won't be there to love you in her own little way. You don't want to think about her these days. You do your very best not to think about her, because if you do, she'll be right there with you. You don't want to think about her, but someone mentions her name, or they say something like it. Matters, scatters, lathers. Things that are nothing like what you shouldn't be thinking about, but just enough for you to make that little connection. And that's all it takes. That little moment where you let your mind slip up and now she's here with you again. She smiles at you. She takes your hand and she keeps hold of it as you go on your way to work. She's in the car with you on the way home. She kisses you as you lay your head down to sleep. Dear listeners, let's all take a moment out of our lives to spare a thought for the victims of the fallen and for Mama Mathers. Right, that wraps that up. We'll be hoping to do a few more Master Stranger Awareness set- sections later on, as they were rather well received when with the we... Blah, 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 blah. La, da, da 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 Can we edit this out, please, dear God, can we edit this out, Nora? No, we can't because we're broadcasting live. We the fallen Orlan... Right. Right. Uh we're wrapping wrapping things up for today, listeners we'll just finish this all off with a few pieces of tabloid news. Today's tabloid news is nothing, just a collection of rumours about the truth that Mr Buckner is promising in its upcoming broadcast. Rampant and silly guesses like the name of the cape that made Sion turn evil, or the real name of Sion, or the or where Sion came from, and why good powers go to bad people, but who, 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 who needs that? Who needs any of that when soon, soon enough we'll just have the real thing to dig at. Remember a Few months back when I picked apart Chevalier's stupid, stupid little declaration of the wardens not being a monolithic authority of villains, well we're just gonna be doing that again, listeners word by word, for both sides of this pointless farce of a debate when they finally go live on television with it. And when the truth comes out, when you were all liberated by the knowledge of just what dictates your pointless little deaths and meaningful little lives, well, maybe I'll finally feel comfortable to tell you all the truth about who I am. Who knows? Who knows? And who cares? The world has ended, and every day after that is a gift from Goddess. Thanks for tuning in, dear listeners. Good night, Vermont. Good night, Killington of Earth Gimmel. This was a fan production. Worm, Ward, and the Parahumans series are all owned by JC McRae. Find them at parahumans.net and parahumans.wordpress.com, respectively. A big thank you to Kittius for inspiration and looking at the script in between Bouts of Lurky and a desperate last-minute race to get to Ambercon. And to Kira, a cool girl who writes a cooler story called Fault that Icarus is from. And to Zoe, who also writes Fault, and whose name should be pronounced Zoe. Lastly, of course, to Rain for helping us all to get onto Stitcher. This is the first episode that is recorded after VSR has been made into a podcast proper. And I am rather excited to be able to say, hey, look, Ma, I made it. We are a podcast and we are still taking in any of your letters that you send in, replying to any of your comments you make, all of it. Any feedback is appreciated and it is wonderful. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This is Calvin Turner signing out.